Hello and welcome to the Wicked Things Podcast. The story you are about to listen to is called Statler House Book 1 Anna. After a near-death experience changes a young orphan child's life forever, the benevolent Dr. Statler uses his bleeding-edge therapy to help her and other children at his group home return to a life of normalcy. This short story brings to life the challenges faced by trying to help one small group of children survive their common pasts. Rodney, nearly froze to death but watched as his sister was taken. Julie, almost successful in her final attempt to end her life but was plucked from the moment of death. Tyler, a teen substance abuser was saved by emergency room doctors after overdosing. Anna, a young orphan who narrowly survived her brush with death due to a house fire. John, felt the jaws of his uncle's feral dogs around his throat but was saved from death by paramedics. Emily, the only child who has never had a brush with death. What do all of the residents of the Stadler Group Home truly have in common? The answer will shock and terrify you. Dr. Stadler thunders up the first flight of stairs yelling, Maggie! Emily startles him as she emerges from her room. Dr. Stadler? He shakes his head no. Go! Get outside and find Rodney! Stay with him until I find you! Emily's confusion shows clear. She opens her mouth, but before she can speak, Dr. Stadler scowls at her. No! Go now! Don't look back until you find him! Dr. Stadler yells. Emily rushes past him and down the stairs. He waits until he hears the front door slam close behind her. He spots the second-floor bathroom light on. Julie! Dr. Stadler shakes his head, against the thoughts of rushing to his wife's side. He knows the kids depend on him, and he has to make sure everyone gets out of the house. He runs to the bathroom, stopping once he steps down on the soaking wet carpet. The hell? Shock overtakes Dr. Stadler, seeing Julie's lifeless body lying in a crimson pool of water and blood. No, Julie. Dr. Stadler places a hand on the wall to steady himself. It helps to stop him from slipping on the remains of the once beautiful young woman. He covers his mouth with his free hand to stop himself from gagging. Dr. Stadler sees another one of the shadow dogs tugging at the flesh inside her wounded arms with its massive jagged maw. The sickening sound of rubbery tendons pulling free from her bones fills the air. The disturbing noise is followed by the meaty, wet crunching of the beast chewing on and swallowing the young woman's remains. The beast raises its massive head, claiming its meal by placing a heavy paw on Julie's corpse. Dr. Stadler slowly steps back through the doorway, his arms raised defensively between the beast and himself. The beast makes an eerie noise, similar to chuckling at the doctor's actions. Dr. Stadler slowly pulls the bathroom door closed to keep the beast contained. He turns and rushes up the stairs to the third floor landing. Thoughts of his wife's safety fuel his ascent to the third floor master bedroom. Dr. Stadler bursts through the master bedroom door. Maggie? Dr. Stadler enters the room but turns away from the sight that awaits him. Maggie's disemboweled and broken body scattered about the master bedroom closet for all to see. He pounds his head against the wall. Tears filled with shame and personal disappointment streak down his face. He looks at his broken wife's body. I should have never left you alone. He kneels in front of the closet staring at his wife's body, deliberately left in tatters for someone to find. Dr. Stadler attempts to gather her remains. He places a sheet on the floor and places her various liberated organs and viscera on the top of it. He carefully lifts her remains and carries it into the bathroom. Not my Maggie. 
Dr. Stadler places her into the bathroom tub. His composure and wits have left him. He didn't know what he was doing. He only knew she loved the bathtub and needed to bring her to the tub. He lowers her body into the tub, kissing gently on her forehead. I am so sorry. Dr. Stadler breaks down, realizing her thick blood coats his hands. He walks to the mirror, seeing her blood around his mouth. He rips himself free of the stupor. They'll think I did this. Dr. Stadler desperately scrubs and washes the gore from his hands and arms. He examines his face in the mirror. He sees her vital red fluids cover his mouth and nose. He quickly lathers the soap in his hands and washes the blood from his face. Why? Who? He wipes the tears from his swollen red eyes. Anna enters the open door and walks to the side of the massive bathtub containing Maggie's remains. She looks at the oblivious doctor lost in his thoughts. She turns back to Maggie and brushes her hair from her face. Anna closes Maggie's eyes and then turns to Dr. Stadler. We only came to collect what was mine. Dr. Stadler lowers his head, weeping the words, Kill me! You've taken everything else. Why not my life? She steps away from the tub, taking the doctor's hand in hers. Silly boy, this was never about you. You have nothing we want. Dr. Stadler looks down at her small hand. His eyes widen as he sees both of their hands covered in the gore from Maggie's remains. The strength of his body fails, sending him to his knees next to Anna. Anna, give me back my Maggie. He takes her small hand in his. Take me, please. Instead, let her live. Anna places her hand on his head. You're not mine to take. She kisses Dr. Stadler gently on his cheek. She takes him by the chin and slowly raises his glance to meet hers. They stole Maggie and the rest from us. No one steals from death. Dr. Stadler's expression turns to confusion amidst the young girl's disturbing words. Anna? A flash of lightning pulls back the child's obfuscation. Dr. Stadler sees for the first time Anna's demonically twisted form. He gasps and jumps away from her. What the fuck are you? Anna laughs maniacally for a long moment. She looks at Dr. Stadler and whispers, We are Anku, a shepherd of those who cheat death. It is our duty to reclaim the lost and return them to death's flock. Don't leave me here. Take me too, he begs the Anku. Anna shakes her head no. We need you. You will help us find the others stolen from us. He shakes his head in defiance of her words. How? Why would I help you murder people? Anna points at Maggie's lifeless body. After, and only afterward, we will allow you to pass beyond the veil to the fallen world. Then you may rejoin your precious Maggie. Do you understand? Not murder. They were already dead. We're here to return them to their proper place in the fallen world. Anna kneels next to Dr. Stadler. Dr. Stadler sits confused. Were you ever really, Stephanie? Anna nods. Yes, for a time we were. But you helped us take the girl's pain away. This body laid 
but your words carried her into our world beyond the veil. You paved the way for us to meet. The hypnotherapy? I thought it was just for easing her pain, he exclaimed to the demonic specter kneeling next to him. The words you spoke, Doctor, they allowed our union with the living near death. You created this vessel for us to use. Anna stands and looks down on the broken doctor. Why would I do that? We'll never use the therapy on someone again, Dr. Stadler demands. The steel is not negotiable, Dr. Stadler. You will live in this rotting flesh suit until we reclaim the stolen flock, she explains. Once our ledger is clear, we will both leave this world to our final reward. She smiles and runs her long-nailed corpse-like hands through his hair. Emily walks into the bedroom and drops a bloody claw hammer to the floor. It lands with a resounding thud. Doctor sees the hammer covered in gore on the floor. Rodney? Young girls stand, holding hands in front of the doctor. We are sisters, but we needed you to bring us together before they take Anna away from us forever. Dr. Stadler shakes his head. No against the girl's request for intervention. Emily, is this really what you want? Refuse us again, and I will drag Maggie to hell myself. Dr. Stadler nods in reluctant agreement. He takes a deep breath. Fine. The rain falls hard across the grounds of the group home. Rodney groans as he regains consciousness. Throbbing pain fills the left side of his head. He touches his head, discovering the cause of his pain. Blood covers his hand. Rodney struggles to his feet and staggers down the long driveway, using the wooden fence to help him remain standing. He stumbles onto the newly paved Grissom Parkway, nearly being struck by a passing county sheriff's patrol car. The car locks its brakes and slides into the ditch. The deputy climbs from his car and sees the injured boy. He runs to the boy's side. Son, are you okay? Where did you come from? Rodney points at the driveway and gasps. She's killing them! The deputy feels a chill race along his spine but asks the obvious question. Who is killing them? Rodney slips into unconsciousness. The deputy looks in the direction he gestured and barely spots the hidden driveway. The deputy carries Rodney to his car. The deputy helps Rodney into the back of his car. Just rest here, son. I'll have backup and an ambulance coming. The deputy snatches the CB radio, clicks it to life, and calls out. I need some backup at the Stadler House group home. Send an ambulance. I have wounded here. The operator announces the needs of the officer. Rodney closes his eyes and exhales inside the safety of the deputy's car. The deputy asks, can you tell me who did this to you? Anna. Rodney struggles to utter the name of his tormentor. Rodney awakes to find himself being loaded into the back of an ambulance in the driveway of the group home. He looks around, trying to piece together what has happened. He sees the group home within his vision. Why are we here? Rodney sits up, stiff and panicked. He points at the group home with a trembling hand. He summons his strength and yells, Anna did it! Paramedics work to calm the teenage boy down. Please, calm down. You will hurt yourself. 
Rodney sees Dr. Stadler calmly sitting in the back of a police car, his head leaning against the glass. Dr. Stadler waves bye to Rodney. Outside, the police put crime scene tape across the house's entryways. Rodney screams to get the officers to notice Anna and Emily sitting on the porch of the group home. No, not him. She did it. Rodney struggles to get someone to listen to him. Rodney's actions force the paramedics to sedate him to prevent him from hurting himself any further. He points to the girls and utters a single name. Anna. The deputy walks to the paramedic's side. Poor kid. He watched them all get butchered by that sick fuck. The paramedic shakes his head in disbelief. I went to school with Dr. Stadler. He had real promise, was supposedly working on a new therapy to help people overcome trauma and near-death experiences. The police car pulls away from the house with Dr. Sadler inside. Anna and Emily hold each other on the porch in the reflection of the car window in the doctor's view. They wave a cheerful goodbye to Dr. Stadler as the car moves beyond sight. I would have never seen that coming in a million years. What a conclusion to the story. This has been the Wicked Things podcast presentation of Stadler House Book 1 Anna. Thank you for listening.